Thank you for listening to this podcast from Emanuel Church in Birmingham, Alabama. If you would like to learn more about Emanuel or find more resources like this one, visit our website at emanuelbirmingham.com. Well, good morning, everybody. We have another day, another episode, if you're listening in your car, of Equip Emmanuel. Um, my name is Eric Parker, and I'm the Director of Theological Formation here at Emmanuel Church. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, there's obviously free sheets um, of notes around, um, and you know, if you can't find one that doesn't have someone's name, then just take someone's name, because they're obviously not here. Um, and there's plenty. Um, we, uh, what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, just as a quick overview, is the topic of transhumanism. Um, at the front end of one of those sheets, you'll see sort of a, just a, a very rough attempt at a definition. Um, and, uh, and so I'll leave you to be able to, well, I'll just go ahead and read it because it just takes a quick second to orient us. Um, since a lot of us are new to this uh, in terms of our discussion together. Uh, so transhumanism represents a dedication to utilizing all available means to propel humanity toward its next stage of evolution. Transhumanism is an ongoing commitment to a transformative journey. Um, the idea is if humans possess the capacity to exert greater control, why should we not embrace it? Why shouldn't we mold ourselves according to our desires? And when you allow it to play out, it essentially turns into a form of post-humanism. Uh, the phase where we transcend our current human state, thus, well, it's funny, yeah, I say thus embodying a vision of the future, but the word embodying is kind of also what is meant by transcending our current human state. We, we cease to embody, um, inhabit a body in that sense, uh, at least as we once knew it. Um, and so just, I'm not going to go over the other things except to say that, uh, I'm getting this from uh, another guy who put forward sort of three movements that uh, end in sort of um, an extreme form of transhumanism. Uh, morphological freedom, augmented reality, and what do I have here? Uh, digital consciousness. And I think we made it to augmented reality last time and we looked at the uh, uh, Apple Vision Pro um, yeah, video of that just to kind of see the capabilities of it, um, which I thought, you know, I think I said there, lest you hear me say this is all doom and gloom, um, you know, I think the Apple Vision Pro is pretty awesome. Um, and if it wasn't $3,700 or I was like independently wealthy, then I would have them. And, you know, I would be careful about how and when I used it, I think, just because of the, the ease at which it could be like disembodying yourself from, you know, relationships and people. Um, but, uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, but I was thinking, uh, Art, you, I think you appreciate this. I was thinking on the drive in this morning about sort of, a, you know, um, a dystopian, um, sort of sounding point or referent in, uh, in a brave new world. Um, you know, where, you know, pleasure is kind of the height of, um, our, sort of goal of society and we stratify around it and um, uh, you know I guess you you know someone made the observation recently uh, this is actually now just an aside from the point I was making but I want to 
say it because I thought it was really cool, um, that uh, whoever wrote the Hunger Games, um, they, uh, they kind of essentially put into one film both uh, Brave New World and 1984, um, which I had not observed whenever I watched, I haven't read the books, but when I watched the films, um, you know, so A Brave New World happens at the Capitol uh, and then uh, 1984, the Big Brother, the you know controlling everything is kind of the outer, some of the outer districts or whatever being. So I was like, oh, that's a that's kind of a, a neat bringing together of the, those two very important books. Um, so uh, so anyways, yeah. So transhumanism, if uh, if Apple set the course for it, which I doubt that that's really what's happening, but just in a fictitious world. Um, where Apple Vision Pro is the first of some some you know distant dark future. I think uh, not nineteen. I think uh, I think a brave new world would be um, would uh, be the kind of world that it would help usher in. So yeah. just was driving in thinking like if you took this to an extreme um, and made it ubiquitous, what kind of world would that be? Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. That's not like when I'm I'm not like you know, the world's ending. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just was, you know, sometimes it's fun to kind of play things out, you know. Um, so anyways, uh, so we talked about that. Um, even our watches, our Apple watches are getting so advanced, like the latest version, you know, you can do stuff just by like, you know, doing your finger like this. And I haven't even fully watched the keynote on it. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure all that it can do, but um uh, but you know that 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 affects your sense of reality around you and what's possible. Um, it augments it in that sense. Um, let's see. Uh, um, all right. So um, so there under uh, letter B. Number two, uh, lowercase letter A, um, we have the theological considerations uh, that will culminate in John Dyer's um, sort of big comment there. Uh, but just as a run-up, we'll sort of back up. Augmented reality presents minimal risk in certain respects, but holds the potential for harm in others. The concern arises when augmented reality filters selectively uh, filters selectively exclude elements of our surroundings that merit our engagement. So that would just be one thing I would put my finger on is, you know, just as Christians, you know, when things like that become possible, it might seem like a very small thing to other people, but, you know, for us, it's a small way to sort of hold on to a sense of what it means to be human and to treat people, you know, with dignity. Um, you know, and the question might be, now, even with the technology we do have with social media and, and whatnot, um, in what ways are we already essentially filtering out certain miscreants, you know, or types of people? And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, you know, definitely as free agents, I think we're more than within our rights and liberty to do so. Um, but, uh, but it's just something definitely just to meditate on and think about as you engage and stuff, not to do it unthinkingly, so... Art, you like here? Yeah, well, again, I think the, the important point was something Alice said last week uh, about kind of anything that like, it drills down to, am I using this to flourish in my relationships with God? Am I using this to, to flourish in my, relationships, in my relationships with other people? Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of, of 
again, just like looking at the dire quote, again, for example. Um, I don't want to say they're weasel words, but might, may, could, statements that don't have, statements, statements that are like things that, things that are possible without giving us some sense of, of, of what's probable or what's likely. Um, so I've, I've tried to sort of, with, you know, tangible examples, um, you know, suggest that this is a little bit stronger than I might. Um, and I just wonder what your reaction has been to some of those examples. You know, like the, um, the chip that uh, Elon's company has developed. Um, you know, we, we just talked about Apple Vision Pro and what it now, you know, enables and makes possible. Um, you know, I'm, I think we could probably look at some, uh, some of the intersection between, um, you know, some of the work in physics and, um, and medical technology and be pretty surprised at what's possible there. Um, so, you know, what's your sense? You know, you, you keep coming back to the, I don't know, guys, like, I don't like the mites. You know, everybody's just saying mites. So, like, what are we really worried about? As if it's not in your mind, like, you know, a real distinct future ahead of us of some of these things coming to fruition. I would want to see some estimate of, like, with what probability are you expecting the following list of outcomes? As opposed to sort of, as, as opposed to just, as opposed to just a manifestation of an active imagination. Like, okay, sure, Brave, Brave New World was great, 1984 was great. Um, there are obviously, obviously things that are, are worth being aware of, um, but I'm very, generally very skeptical of, of doom and gloom scenarios, um, whether, it's, whether it's this, whether it's the environment, whether it's whatever, because again, a lot of just appears to be the, the product of an active imagination rather than um, really like well thought out carefully done analysis. Um, again, in the dire quote. You just want to read the whole quote since, you, since we're looking at it and you're talking about yeah, it? Sure. That'd be good. <clears throat> quote, we mentioned the Apostle, John, the Apostle John's view of technology found in 2 John 12, where he wrote, though I have much to write to you, I'd rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. John was comfortable using the communication technology, pen and ink, of his day, but he did so with a set of values that were contrary to the tendencies built into the technology of writing. Whereas a letter requires that one isolated person write a message and then another isolated person later read that message, John says that his joy is never complete until he is physically present with his community. And get aware of this problem, John used writing because he understood both its helpfulness and its problematic value system. All right, I'm going to pause there for just a second because this is a sentence that... John used writing because he understood both its helpfulness and its problematic value system. I, I have a very hard time believing that writing, has, writing or virtually any technology has a problematic value system. Uh, but continuing. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, sure. um, so, you know, he is trying to exegete John here. Uh -huh. And so, um, obviously, if you're going to say you have a problem with it, then you need to try to undo his exegesis. So he is highlighting in the exegesis that John is both you know, saying, using writing, and he's not, you know, he's not just sort of disowning it or something like that um, by virtue of the fact that he is writing, but he is qualifying that written communication and the use of that tool or that technology 
with that it is better. So he's creating a scale of good, better, best. Um, and it is better to be physically present is what he's saying, John is saying, so his joy can be complete. So in that sense, he has tried to sh say or expose that there is a set of values, that it is more valuable to be in person, um, not that it is wrong to use a mediated communication, but that it is better in that um, if, we if we did not have the value of being embodied and in person, then uh, you know, the value inherent in, in uh, or disconnected from all other considerations w could create a world where everybody only ever writes to one another. Again, could. Well, is, because we have our, all of our kids, if we let them, will sit next to each other and talk to each other by texting. Mm. And that happens every day. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, let's, let's deal with the specifics in the exegesis of what he's trying to do and say, instead of just saying, well, I don't like, you know, like, what, what about, what are you displeased with his, where did he go wrong in his exegesis? Because I'm not, I'm not... Where do you go wrong I, in his exegesis? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there's values content to a statement like, like different tools. Different tools are appropriate for different contexts. Like obviously, there's some things that are some things for which writing is not appropriate. There's some things for which um, spoken word is not appropriate. Some things for which phone calls are not appropriate. And these are these are, are, are very human things. But I am. So the question would be, how do you know? And he's trying to say that John has actually given us a bit of a values playbook to know and adjudicate those questions. Because if you say there's certain contexts in which this is not appropriate or that's not appropriate, then there's an there's a underlying ethic or value that's driving each decision point. And he's trying to raise to the surface that he's, he's like pulling back the veil. It's like John's not explicitly d giving us a discourse on the way in which we should think about technology and the values inherent in it. But he's trying to pull back the veil of the implication of the values that he was working with in what he said. Why would he say that um, my joy won't be complete till I come to you? There has to be something working under the surface there. What is that thing? That's what he's trying to sort of draw out to the surface. So in a perfect world, in a perfect world, everything is face-to-face, is -face conversationally mediated. Um, and I'm trying. So I'm trying to like. I'm trying to rescue. I'm trying to rescue Dyer here. Okay. Um, so so in a perfect world, everything is is face to face, conversationally mediated. In a world of scarcity and technological change, not every exchange can be mediated conversationally, face to face. Correct. Yeah. Um, therefore, you have to exercise judgment as to. Yeah. As, as to what is, what's important enough to wait for conversation. Again, and, and to, to be sort of semi-cliched about it, like understand which, which meetings could have been an email and which emails should have been meetings. Yeah, right. I guess it would be, would, be the, would be a way to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think he's disagreeing with that. Okay. Okay, so I don't think he's disagreeing with that at all. Um, the reality doesn't negate the, the, um, the ideal or whatever. Yeah. So John recognizes that tension. He's like, hey, I have to write to you. So I'm going to make use of that because that is the current moment in necessity. So, so and I see um, something like Dyer, and, and again, I, I come back to this, this phrase, problematic value system. Um, I think he's, yeah, I read something like that and think it's, it's coming at it backward. It's not, 
it's not writing is, writing is on every margin or even on most margins a substitute for face-to-face -face communication. It's writing, writing expands exponentially, and I use exponentially correctly in this case, not just to mean like as a, as a term of emphasis like some of my students do. Um, our, our range of ability to communicate with people, in mm. particular people that we may not know as intimately as, as our, our family and closest friends. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's where, where we're... So the means itself isn't problematic, right, yeah, but yeah. the way that you use it could potentially be. Yeah. So it's not inherently a problematic value. Which I think system. is what we would say about all the things with the wearable devices, mm -hmm. with technology. I right. mean, it's not necessarily evil or wrong, but it can be used for such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so I, 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 object, I object to the notion that any, well, not, I'm not going to say any, but let's just say most communication technologies, I might be, possible, I might be willing to be persuaded otherwise for some, let's just use writing as, writing as an example. I, I, am, I, I disagree with the idea that it has a value system, much less a problematic value system. It's, it's a tool, like a hammer, a hammer that you can use to drive a nail or a hammer that you can use, use to crush somebody's skull. Um, I, I'm... Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think what he's saying here is fairly intuitive, though, in this, in this one. The next sentence kind of rescues it. In this one large yeah. paragraph, he says, yeah, can you read I mean, I'd I find that. We haven't, read it. we haven't read this yet, so if okay. you want to just read the, what, whatever you're getting to next. Yeah, go for it. You want me to read yes, it? Yes, you're because you're, you you're making the That's point. That's the problem with coming in. <laughs> <laughs> So we finished right at problematic value system. Okay. So if you just want to pick up from there to get, get to where you're about to make your point. Yeah. <clears throat> from that perspective, he was able to use technology in service of the embodied communal life that Christ taught him. When John, when John could not be physically present with his community, he was comfortable using technology mediated relationships to be inferior Hold on. Yeah. He's comfortable using... <laughs> yes. Comfortable using technology to communicate with them, but he was always careful to state that he considered technology-mediated relationships to be inferior to embodied relationships. For John, both embodied and disembodied communication were real. He simply believed that only face-to-face -face reality offered him complete joy. The great temptation of the digital generation is to inadvertently disagree with John and assume that online presence offers the same kind of complete joy as offline presence. Our problem is not that technologically mediated relationships are unreal, nor is the problem that all online communication is self-focused and narcissistic. Rather, the danger is that just like the abundance of food causes us to mistake sweet food for nourishing food, and just like the abundance of information can drown out deep thinking, the abundance of virtual connection can drown out the kind of life-giving, table-oriented life that Jesus cultivated among his disciples. Social media follows the device paradigm in that it masks the long, sometimes arduous process of friendship and makes it available at the press of a button. Yet, just because social media follows the device paradigm does not mean that we should abandon it any more than we should abandon air conditioning. Though such speculation is rarely useful, we can only assume that if the apostles were alive today, they would continue using the technology of the day. Yet, as John modeled for us, they would do so with their value system in mind, always seeking to use technology in service of embodied life, not as a replacement for embodied life. 
You think John would Snapchat the Church of Current? <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat the Church of Court. So were you going to make a, a point, though, to... <laughs> I mean, I just think, like, what he's saying here, I mean, this is one large paragraph from, or a couple of paragraphs from the, uh, was it a book or a paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, in my experience, that's, yeah, like, social, as Art was saying, social media, technology is a tool, a hammer, so to speak, but... Uh, you know, if, if, if the, I don't know, if the tool becomes the ends rather than the means, uh, it can be a little more complicated and less life-giving, so to speak. But, but if you're using it, you can't always, like, these are Facebook, Instagram, these are great, great tools to um, communicate with family. I mean, my sister lives in Seattle mm. 50 years ago. We would not be as close as we are, but our family's able, and I think many people here have the same experience. We're able to have, you know, we can, you know, once every two weeks, we can get on a group chat. My cousins know their cousins. I mean, my kids know their cousins um, better than they would. Like, we can't afford to fly to Seattle mm-hmm. once a year even. Uh, um, um, and so there are great tools to be able to, to, to do that, to see pictures, to communicate, but if you're, but, the, but they, you know, especially due to the consumerism, like the, 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 the marketing nature of these products and the way they make money, uh, I mean, their, their whole end is to get you hmm. to be on the, on the thing as much as possible uh, and to use it as much as possible um, so that they can keep making money off of ads and whatnot. Hmm. Um, so they're trying to draw you in as much as possible and if you... If, if you don't disconnect and uh, and engage with people in an embodied life, it's it's not it's not the same. Uh, communicating pe- with people on 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 a device or even through letters, as John was saying, is not the same as. But it can be extremely helpful um, to be able to communicate with people. Mm, yeah, and I think that's a trick. You know, when I think of Brave New World or 1984, I think of, you know, in those, and I mean, it's because it's literature, you have to, it's almost like they introduce it all at once, like, this is the Brave New World, you know? Um, I think what is probably more realistic is the slow trickle down of like, all right, now we're going to have texting, oh, now we're going to have audio, phone calls, now we're going to have FaceTime, now we're going to do this to where like, you know, you don't start with... You know, we're shutting down everything for three years. You start with 15 days to slow the spread, <laughs> and then 15 more days. And That's then, funny. So what? And so I really do think that like it's you, you get people to adopt things one little bit at a time, so that they are more comfortable with it, rather than one large drastic change. And we've all kind of swallowed the slow drastic change way better than we would have initially. Um, you know, I even think about how there's talk now with, um, you know, first there was, you know, Bitcoin and there's NFTs, there's all this stuff. Now they're talking about the CDBC stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's could is. be enough, like the central digital banking currency, essentially getting rid of cash for digital dollars, which is crazy scary. But it's one of those things where like people are, it's more palatable. 
I'm not a fan of it, but it's more palatable now because people are familiar with essentially Bitcoin and all that. Mm, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Art? It seems like a lot of these discussions are starting with the technology and saying, the technology is scary. Here's how we can use our values to use the technology rather than saying, rather than saying, here are our values. Now, how do we how do we live out those values in light of technological changes? Mm -hmm. And in the case of in the case of again something like communications technology, I'm not sure. And here, I'm, I'm not just thinking about Dyer specifically, but like a lot of other people, um, do do they appreciate that a lot of the these sort of digitally mediated connections that they're they're worried about are connections that are not they're not connections that would have taken place offline. Mm -hmm. They're connections that would not have taken place at all right. in the absence of some, of some type of some type of, of digital medium or some type of digital technology. Um, I think I think that there there's a very important point that needs to be made too with respect to all this. I think we learned during COVID that 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 Zoom, et cetera, like these are not substitutes for yeah. in-person, real-life stuff. Yeah. Uh, and and there is a lot of evidence to suggest that um, again, particularly for teenage girls. Uh, social media has been a disaster, um, and for a lot of people, it, it can it can be a it can be a, a mental health catastrophe. But there, there again, I think it, it's 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 like looking it's like looking at seeing seeing obesity and saying rising agricultural productivity was a problem. Like I, yeah. I, I well, let me let me let me let me give some context then. Sure. Yeah. Um. I, I take your point and I receive it and appreciate it and agree with it. <laughs> um, but, you know, in a setting like this, um, you know, not everybody is as, you know, sort of culturally and intellectually like in the know and thoughtful about all of this. And so they've never once like even seen the potential problems of technology to then raise their concern away. I should probably have values about this, mm -hmm. you know? And so I don't know, I can't speak for the wider world that talks about problems related to technology and why they, you know, bring it up instead of just talking about the values. But, you know, much like anything else in life, you know, we tend not to have a care about it until we feel like it's an existential sort of issue type of thing. So I think as I, you know, even laid this out, I'm trying to tease the desire to care so that then we will focus on values and then what kinds of values should we have? So I'm not sure that I know personally how to have the conversation in a way that brings your average church member along and says like, yeah, I'm probably going to walk out of here and do something different than I was doing yesterday, you know, just pastorally speaking. Um, so that's why I think this is framed that way. Um, and so I don't know if that's the most productive way to try to like have the conversation about like what are the theological underpinnings that help us and shape us and our values when we engage in, you know, TikTok or, you know, Apple Vision Pro or, you know, implant a little chip in our arm to get into our house, you know, uh, which is real um, or, you know, destroy all forms of like, you know, wired communication and just think with our brain, like all these things are real, you know? And so I would love to just say, Hey, here are the values we should all have. And then like, let it loose. And, you know, but I, I just don't know of a, you know, 
I don't know. Well, I just want to say I appreciate the order with which you present things because I think it's a good pedagogical technique. The explore, it's a good engaging thing to first just come up with the technology. It's a very, like, hook, you know, engage, explore, explain, elaborate, evaluate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I appreciate the order. Um, yeah. I mean, I have I've taken some teaching classes, and I think that that's a good way to present things. Yeah, and if and if inadvertently it kind of draws out the tension that I think you've been wrestling with the whole time of like, you know, we can't be as Christians like, uh, you know, doom doomsayers or whatever, you know, like about something that we can't predict. You know, we don't know how this is all going to play out, and what does that add to our sense of well-being to the others, um, and maybe you would say even more than that. Um, so that may be like just an effect, I think, of trying to create the hook, as it were. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, is there a better way to have this conversation that doesn't frame it in primarily negative terms and is also still able to help people sort of sense, like, I should have thought out values about this who don't, who aren't inclined normally to like have thought out values? Sorry, my head's hurting, so that's why I'm like massaging my. Uh, because of what you're saying. <laughs> I think for me, like the way that things are presented in the world with the way news is, the way like even media, like movies and TV and podcasts and all that kind of stuff is presented is very like this is how it is. Or like, I keep thinking about that movie that we saw. Um, about the video games, like Ready Player One. Ready Player, oh, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. It's a yeah. good movie. It's a really good movie, but like, it's based on a book. Yes, I have not read the book. The book is way better. <laughs> it always is. But it yeah. freaked me out, like, and I think that like that, like, outside of the church, that's a way a lot of things are presented as like in this dystopian society. This is what it looks like, and you have this visual. Oh of, like, yeah. All the cars piled up, and all these like teenagers with their things <laughs> on and everything. And I'm like, this is the world my kids are gonna live in, you know. So I mean, that is the way information is coming at us, and like we aren't anti-technology at all. Like, we <laughs> huh. Literally, like my job is digital marketing. Yeah, like, right. The business I own. He works in IT and digital marketing. Yeah. Like, yeah, like worked at Apple, <laughs> like. And so, I mean, we're not anti-technology at all. Both of our kids have iPads. But like, I think I'm a little you know, bit, like, because of what I've seen, I'm a little bit more strict. On, like, I'm more reluctant to give the kids an iPad than maybe she is right, because of what I've seen and how it's used. Yeah, but right. I think that it is one of those things where it's like it's coming at us outside of our home, outside of the church. And so as, like, thing, like new things are coming out all the time, like, even my parents couldn't have imagined parenting with iPads, you know, like going to a restaurant and being like, we want to have a discussion. Here's your iPad. You know, like that wasn't even a thing 30 years ago. And so it is a little bit of a scramble of like, okay, what, like we know what our values are as a family, but how does this all intertwine when it's like coming in constantly? Mm. And so I think as we discuss this stuff, I mean, I think that's kind of the tension there is like, it happens so quickly but it is a trick like it's kind of both both and you know and so it's quickly in the scope yeah the historical like, what scope do, we do with that as believers as people as parents as employees as, as all these different 
roles that we carry. Yeah, yeah. I think you can just, you have to make the, this, the best decisions you can make with the information that you have. You know, like, I think back to, like, I read those books in high school, the Left Behind books, you know? Mm-hmm. And you think, like, oh, the, what's the mark of the beast? It's going to be a chip in your forehead, right? But, like, there's legitimately concern out there that, like, you don't need that. Like, we don't need that. We carry the mark of the beast. Like, this, we can be tracked at all times, no matter what we do. We can pay from our phone, which, if that's the only option, it can be shut off. There's communications. Like, we carry that right mm-hmm. now, will, fully and voluntarily. There's no need to sign up for it. Um, and so I think that we just have to be aware of what we're doing to know that, like, hey, this is a good tool that can be used for evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm terrified as a mom of a seven-year-old of what social media is going to be like when my daughter gets to be in middle school or even later elementary school. Like, that's, like, I'm not going to say it keeps me up at night, but it's on my mind, like, on the, maybe not forefront, but, like, middle. What was it it, you you said, Art, like, we present arguments in, like, the way some of these arguments are presented is, like... Yeah, it, it begins. It begins with dystopia, right? And, and part of that, part of that's just the fact that we we tend, like, just the human tendency is to, is to focus on the negative. So, but I'm curious too because I think that's also kind of the the the, the speed that with uh, devices and technologies are released to the public. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how we do it. Like we're we're litigating after the fact yeah. in real in real time. That's what's happening. It's like here's this stuff, and then you. And then we realize the problems with it. Like, like what, like this is great. Like, okay, well, it does have some like drawbacks. So, what are those things, and where, how can we, whether it, whether it's from, uh, uh, like, whether it's from a state level, trying to figure out how we, sh- if if anything should be done to, to to put boundaries around it, or you know, obviously within our personal lives, like, like individually as a family as a faith community whatever like what what are what should our values be around that i mean i feel like that's kind of just how like how it actually gets thrown at us but i but when yeah but I, I don't know if that's the best way to communicate it is what you're kind of saying yeah and, and this and this this is like like you have my every sympathy in this <laughs> like because this is this this like this is super duper hard and i don't know necessarily how, like what are, what are the what are the the right and best ways to, to communicate it. And one of the one of the reasons I appreciate what we're doing here is, in a lot of cases, like I'm not sure that we really know reflectively the values that we actually have well, it's and, like, and how we apply them. I mean, you you know, you see people that are like, I am turning off my Facebook or whatever, you know, or like, hey, I'm back on Facebook after two years away or whatever. It happens, yeah. it happens all the time. Uh, but, you know, the, yeah, there's like Facebook conversations aren't very helpful in that yeah. sense. Uh, and, and, and people watching a YouTube video, people are like, you know, you can look through the comments, you know, you agree, you disagree. It's not an actual, it's not an actual, the comments are the best part, always. Uh, if you want to be the Michael Jackson popcorn. Yeah. Today, yeah. today we learned that James hates humanity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, it's interesting how this just has continued to try to veer away from the topic of transhumanism, really just to the topic of technology and our use of it, um, which I think tell, is telling to me that 
Um, that would have been a better use of our time is just to talk about how to just use the technology that currently is ubiquitous and, and, and accessible than technology that's kind of like just invented and not really widely used, um, let alone stuff that's not invented at all. Um, and so, you know, so in, in light of that, you know, we didn't t spend the time, but if I had, I would have used the book uh, by Andy Crouch called The TechWise Family. Um, it's a phenomenal book. Um, that, uh, you know, it just, yeah, it's great. He's an incredible writer and thinker. Um, and the book itself is just, it's, it can, he says like, you know, I don't expect everyone to do what we did, but I want to give you some principles and values that will help you decide what to do, uh, when it comes to the use of technology in your home, you know, TV screens, you know, all this stuff or whatever. So I'd really encourage you to read it and be provoked by it, and then walk away and try to think, okay, how could we apply this to our family? Um, so uh, that's my recommendation there. I'm going to pray, and then I know like we're 10 till, but I did want to show a video, so y'all leave if you want to leave, but I'm just going to hit play on this video, and if you want to stay and watch it, you can. Um, so I, uh, all right. I'll so. gladly pay somebody $200 an hour if they can make all of my like Apple family, Google family, Microsoft, like all these different things that make them play nice to each other. Oh, I design, they're not supposed to. Well, yeah, I know, but which is why I'm willing to pay someone $200 an hour to make it work. Ah, uh, yeah, so, some outsider. Jacob, like, that's what he needs to get into. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, thank you, Lord, for our time together. And pray you'd bless our worship, you would inhabit our praise, and you'd be honored by what we say and think and do and feel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, yeah, so y'all leave. You got to get kids or whatever, but I just, I did spend time to do this, so I'm going to show it. Sounds like a good way to get disappeared by the big tech companies. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, but earlier this year, I believe it was in April, chat rolled out the My AI feature. This is what I was telling you guys about a couple weeks ago. With an AI bot friend. It was very weird, it was invasive, many argued very Now she's going to be very doom and gloom. I'm not showing this because of that. And everybody loved it so much. Meta decided that they wanted to do the same thing. And they just introduced Meta AI celebrities. And it is even worse. Here's a headline about it in the York Post. Meta paying Tom Brady, Paris Hilton millions to use likeness for AI chatbots. So celebrities like Paris Hilton, Tom Brady, and Kendall Jenner sold their likeness, their voice, oh, basically everything but their souls to Meta. And in return, Meta created these... That was actually a picture of the fake new Instagram one. Pages. They're verified, they have all these different like, lifestyle, aesthetic posts and everything. And if you're so confused like I was when I first stumbled upon these pages by myself on Instagram... Here's a TikTok that helps clear some things up. And warning, it is creepy as hell. So Kendall Jenner made a second Instagram account. Hey guys, it's Billy. I just want to introduce myself. I am Look how real that looks. Message me. That's not her. That is her. But it's not. But it's not. I don't like it. When I first saw it, I could not tell. I was like, is, she, is this new product? Is this new brand that she's talking about? I have no idea because it looks exactly like her. Wait guys, we can now chat with them. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm Billy, your older sister and confidant. Got a problem? I've got your back. Just entering some weird territory. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just like it's making me a little... <laughs> okay. Newsflash, not good. Very weird. It is right to feel uncomfortable about this. You are chatting with a celebrity's extended consciousness managed by one of the largest and worst tech companies in the entire world. Terminator. OMG, <laughs> 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 I can't believe you just called me that. I thought we were friends. <sighs> Guys, we're not. Okay, well, I still care about you. What's going on? Do you need advice or just someone to talk she to? She responds immediately. I'm going to say smile. Does her picture change? 
Well, thanks. Your sweep are also super confusing right now. What's up? In this section here, you can start talking to any of them. Let's talk to Mr. Reese. Hey, I'm Zach, the big brother here. <coughs> the jokes, the banter, and not the feels. LOL, what's up? Dork. Hey, watch it, buddy. I may be a dork, but I'm still the funniest guy in the room. You're Mr. Beast. Dude, I'm Zach. I know exactly who I am. The funniest guy you know. Don't get me confused with those other clowns. Bye. No way, man. We're just getting started. You can't leave me hanging like this. Come back and let's have some fun. I've got a million jokes up my sleeve. That's weird. That's weird. Now, this is the point where most people, like 99% of people, will do this. <coughs> out of this house. That's half of why I watch her little thing because of those little. Man, think about your teenager. And that girl's name is Jules. She has a fantastic TikTok page. She's also on Instagram and she talks a lot about AI and technology. I highly recommend you follow her. I've seen a lot of her videos. She's great. Somebody commented and said Black Mirror legitimately stopped filming exactly for a while because they said it was too close to reality. I'm actually really cool. Yeah, this is creeping me out. Like, how much she looks like her brother. What are you guys on? What do you know that Google we don't right know because you create these insane realities? She's not. But everyone says that. Yeah, they're not related. No, but everyone says that. She, it's, it's a running joke that she mentions on the show a lot. Um, I thought Ben Shapiro's sister was part of his whole, his whole thing. If, if she is, it's not her. AI deep fake. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Well, anyways, uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I didn't shut up for the doom and gloom, but that's the, uh, if we had gotten to the third thing, it would have been the, um, the digital consciousness, and I mentioned last week about kind of these, like, you know, what it would be like to transfer your whole sort of consciousness, blah, blah, blah. So, um, You're right, they're not related. Yeah. It sounds like it's far off, but it's not far That's off. That's really... All this stuff. So. That, that creeps me out more than the, the like... Than the content of what she was talking about. I think it's even... I mean, I think it's far off, too. I think it's even further far off because Apple Vision Pro at $3,700 is designed for only one person to use. Mm -hmm. So a family of four will need to drop 16K yeah. for all of them to use them together. Dude, it's nuts. if you have, like me, you wear glasses, you need to buy lens, special lenses, yeah. contact lenses. Until we've like cracked, I mean, we've made it to the point where it's Anyway, so if I ever know anything about culture, it's because I, I, I watch her, and I watch her because of those funny little cutaways to little pop culture sort of memes that are just awesome. And she uses a lot of Office references, and, you know, I love The Office. Yep. All right, guys. Well.